Today's episode of Locked on Bulls is brought to you by CBDMD. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to get the sleep you deserve. CBD PM blends melatonin and other sleep-promoting ingredients with 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. And to make it even easier to get the year started off right, they're offering all of our Locked on Bulls listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA for 25% off purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, couple of jab steps, comes up shooting, top three, bam! Put him in the Hall of Fame! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. What more, what more y'all want me to prove, man? Levine with the runway, lays it in! Zach Levine! Find that man every Whoa. time. Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period. Y'all keep doing what you do best. I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those knucklehead programs. What's up and welcome to Locked on Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck, also host the Bulls Outcasts on Hot Mike. You can follow me on Bull, on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host Jordan Malley at Jordan C. Malley. And you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls. Shoot us an email, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. And of course, that text and voicemail line always there for you. Our fellow Bulls fans, 331-979-1369. Again, that number, 331-979-1369. Today being Wednesday, we will get into some mailbag content a little later on. Uh, and we've got some more voicemails to get to uh, that hopefully Jordan and I will do on Friday. I'm going to go through some of our text messages today. Uh, and, you know, if you have anything else on your mind or if you have something that you uh, take away from this Bulls-Pistons game we have on deck tonight that you want to get in for our Friday mailbag stuff, go ahead and shoot us a text or leave us a voicemail, 331-979-1369. Got some interesting trade hypotheticals uh, in the inbox that I wanted to get to, but wanted to start off today with a trending topic uh, and and a pretty lively debate among Bulls fans right now on Twitter uh, and just in the general Bulls uh, you know community and it is the NBA trade deadline coming up a little over a month from now on March 25th and what exactly our beloved Bulls might do leading up to that deadline. Jordan and I have talked about the likelihood of any number of players on this Bulls roster being traded, whether it be some of the core pieces that the new front office and Billy Donovan and his staff have evaluated and decided do not fit with their future plans, whether that be, hypothetically, Lowry Markkinen, impending restricted free agent, Wendell Carter Jr., Kobe White, Zach Levine, et cetera, et cetera, or perhaps some of the veterans 
on expiring deals like Otto Porter Jr. or partially guaranteed deals next year like Thad Young and Tomas Adaransky. But I wanted to focus on one in particular today, and that is Thad Young. His name has been brought up a lot among the fan base analyzing whether or not looking to trade him midseason would be a good idea or a bad idea. Knowing that he is a veteran playing some of the best basketball of his career, the most efficient basketball of his career at age 32, and knowing that there are a couple of playoff-bound teams, particularly in the Eastern Conference, who are looking to make a, you know, a run to the NBA Finals. And I'm thinking of two teams in particular. I'm thinking of Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. Two star-laden teams that could certainly use some help on the defensive end, could use some veteran depth on their bench, especially in the front court where Thad can be a efficient four and can even certainly get away with significant minutes playing a small ball five as he's already proven with the Bulls so far this season. Should the Bulls, if Boston and or Brooklyn come calling, acquiring, uh, inquiring about the availability of one Thad Young, be open to trading him? And what exactly would they be hoping to get out of said deal? Could you muster a first-round pick for Thad Young? I don't think it's impossible, depending on the other details of said deal. Maybe uh, a young piece that AK uh, and Eversley have their eyes on that they want to add to this core around potentially keeping Zach Levine and the rookie Patrick Williams. Or maybe even just a collection of second-round picks. So there's basically two schools of thought here. And... Those in favor of keeping Thad are saying, well, if you trade Thad Young, you take away not only his veteran leadership, but clearly what he has been doing for the Bulls on the court this season, you know, beyond just his stat line of 11 points, five and a half rebounds, 4.3 assists, which is a career high for him, one and a half steals a game. He's shooting a career best 59.7% from the field because he's actually allowed to work out of the post again. But you you just look at his on-off numbers and what the Bulls do when Thad Young is out there versus what they do when he is not out there. And you can clearly see that he is a very valuable piece to this team when it comes to them being able to win basketball games and them staying at least competitive in most of their games this season. After the Bulls win over the Pacers, Zach Levine called him the team's MVP. I mean... That's your 30 points per game score, basically, calling Thad Young, a bench veteran, the team's MVP, and he's not really that wrong. In fact, he's pretty correct in that evaluation. So those saying it would be wrong to trade Thad are are highlighting, if you take Thad away, you're clearly going to be a team that's less competitive, you're going to win fewer games, and you might fall out of earning yourself that playoff experience, whether, you know, uh, winning enough games to be the seventh or eighth seed, or at least getting into the play play in tournament thing that we're doing this season as the ninth or tenth seed. If the Bulls trade Thad Young before the deadline, they will be significantly worse in the back half of the season, and they might miss the playoffs because of that. And that's a bad thing, is what some people are saying. You want the younger guys on the squad to get there and experience at least something resembling playoff NBA basketball, and. If you trade Thad Young, you miss out on a half of a season of his presence and his basketball IQ and his savvy play building up and aiding the development 
of the young guys that AK and Eversley actually want to keep around for the long haul, regardless of whether or not Dad Young is here beyond this season. So I understand the logic in that school of thought. I truly do. Um, and there are some Bulls fans who are saying, I, I want to keep Thad. I want to see how competitive this team can be in the back half of the season. I want to see us take that step and make the playoffs at Billy Donovan's first year at the helm with this new front office. I want to see that. And I want to see these young players continue to develop. And they need Thad Young around to do that. I get that. So now that we've established that that is one school of thought when it comes to Thad Young, I would like to tell you about the other school of thought, and that's the school of thought that I am leaning towards right now. But first, I wanted to tell you all about our good friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And heck, we're right around the corner from spring training and baseball. BetOnline even covers awards, television shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can think of. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you deposit... 100 bucks, they're going to give you 50 extra free bucks. You deposit 200 bucks, they're going to give you 100 bucks extra to play with. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Remember, that's promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Okay, so the other school of thought in the Thad Young controversy. I understand that a lot of Bulls fans would love to see this team make the playoffs this year. Heck, I would love to see the Bulls make the playoffs for the first time in four years and really for the first time meaningfully so, at least in my opinion, since 2015 when they lost to the Cleveland Cavaliers in round two. I, You guys all know, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, if you follow me on Twitter and have been for a while, you know how I feel about that Bulls-Celtic series in 2017. Waste of time. The if Rondo doesn't go down, the Bulls are going to beat the Celtics and then who knows what happens beyond there. I do not believe in that school of thought. I think it is flawed. I think it is pointless. That roster was stupid and pointless. It was the fuck you cherry on top of the Garpax experiment. So, yeah, I would love to see this Bulls team back in the playoffs. Do I want to see that so badly this season that I would be willing to forfeit setting ourselves up in better position for year two in the AK and Eversley era? Am I so convinced that we need to keep Thad Young around for the benefit of the leadership and aiding in the development of our young guys so much so that I would be willing to sacrifice some potential future draft capital slash assets to keep him around for the back half of a season? especially in this particular weird COVID season when the Bulls were certainly not going to be any kind of real playoff contenders in the first place. And this is a weird wash of a season when none of the players are having any fun anyway. Even less so do I feel myself motivated to say, nah, we need to keep everything that we have right now that's helping us win games to try to make a playoff push. And here is in particular what I'm thinking about. Say the Boston Celtics or Brooklyn Nets come calling. 
And we do know that Brooklyn just gave a mighty heap load of picks away to acquire one James Harden. And we know that the vault of Boston Celtics picks that used to exist a few years ago has been whittled down significantly. But there are still picks out there. And knowing what would likely happen if the Bulls in the back half of this season have traded away Thad Young, have put an emphasis on, you know, getting as much development and production out of these young players, especially the ones that they maybe already have an eye on keeping long term, building up their confidence, getting, you know, Patrick Williams all the minutes he can want and all the minutes he can handle. All the while knowing that a Thad Young list Bulls team would probably slide down and probably not make the playoffs and probably head to the NBA lottery once again, the NBA draft lottery. Knowing what we know, or at least the informed opinions of those who we follow who are covering uh, college basketball uh, and all of the impending members of the 2021 NBA draft class, we know that compared to the last couple of dud years, there are some serious stacked talent pieces in the 2021 draft class. And I'm talking pieces that could be franchise-changing pieces and not just the top one, not just the top two, not even just the top three. There is a lot of talent in this 2021 draft class. Say the Bulls, trade Thad Young, have a frustrating, difficult, you know, uh, growing pain season, back end of the season once again, and find themselves in the NBA draft lottery once again with their own first round pick in 2021 and a pick or collection of picks from whatever team that takes that young away from us. Could AK and Eversley package their own first round pick and a collection of other assets that they get in a Thad Young trade and maybe even another piece that is currently on their roster and use it as a package to trade up in the 2021 draft if they don't strike gold themselves in the lottery. Say the Bulls finish, oh, I don't know, seventh (laughs) in the draft lottery based on uh, nothing crazy happening and, and the projection of where they are now in the standings versus what losing Thad would do to their overall quality as a team and their win and loss to- totals. Say they package the seventh pick. Maybe it's the sixth or the eighth or the fifth or the ninth. And another late first round pick. Or a collection of second round picks. And as I said, perhaps including a player currently on the Bulls roster in that trade as well to move into the top three and take themselves a player that they think has tremendous NBA upside can come in and perform right away. And ideally is a great fit with say, perhaps Patrick Williams and Zach Levine, because I would certainly be open to that idea. I know that when Jordan and I were analyzing the 2020 draft which we had so much time to do in the Bulls' nine months of offseason, that I was not in favor 
of the Bulls trading up and getting rid of, or, or trading away, I should say, a significant asset to trade up in the 2020 draft from spot number four to take in the top three LaMelo, Wiseman, or Anthony Edwards. I did not think any of those three players was worth moving up a couple of spots and get, getting rid of a significant asset, whether that ha- may have been Wendell Carter Jr. or Kobe um, or Lowry uh, with along with their own number four pick. I didn't think those players were worth that. And maybe already myself and other doubters are being proved wrong about maybe LaMelo Ball was worth that. Would you rather have LaMelo Ball right now than, say, Patrick Williams and Wendell Carter Jr., Lowry, Kobe White, one of those three, if that's what it would have cost to trade up? Maybe. If you were to say, I'd rather have LaMelo Ball right now than Patrick Williams and Wendell Carter Jr., I, I wouldn't call you crazy for having that opinion. But at the time, I certainly didn't feel that high about any of these picks in the 2020 class to give up that kind of trade package for just a couple of spots moving up. When you look at some of the talent that is in this 2021 draft class, right now I'm saying I feel differently. I feel like I would be more enticed if I am the Bulls front office. Were they in a situation where they didn't get lucky and land a top pick or a top three pick on draft lottery night 2021 when that rolls around, but they have their own first round pick that is in the lottery mid to late lottery somewhere and have collected other assets in a Thad Young trade that they could then try to package together and pick up the phone and call whichever teams are in the top three. And say, how do you feel about this trade package? That is a course of action that I would not mind the Bulls taking. It's just about how I feel about this draft class versus last year's. And yes, again, I understand that the cost of doing so would mean a significantly less competitive Bulls team, I think. Unless, you know, some of the first half of this season's development and experience and the, you know, learning how to win stuff has had enough time to rub off on some of the younger guys that they feel more confident in their roles in the back half of the season without, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the arm floaties that is Thad Young without the safety blanket that is Thad Young. It's not ideal that a 32-year-old vet named Thad Young is so crucial to everything that the Bulls are doing this season, and clearly that should say to you that this roster is in serious need of attention and a makeover and a facelift and whatever you want to call it. Thad Young, good as he is, as respected a veteran as he is, and as well as he is playing this season, should not be that vital to the Bulls' wins and losses. And if you recognize that he is and want to keep him around this season past that trade deadline so the Bulls can, you know, play a a 9-10 seed play-in tourney that's like a couple of games that are technically, quote-unquote, big-ass air quotes, the playoffs, the playoff experience that's so important for young players, 
Do I think that the Bulls' young players that the the front office is keen on keeping will just gain uh, indescribable levels of experience and, and knowledge and wisdom from two play-in games as part of a 9-10 seed experiment that is a one-and-done project for the NBA and isn't how things are going to work moving forward, we assume? No, I don't think it's that important. And I don't think that Thad Young should be that important to this team. Big picture, that's how I feel. And again, that is not me disrespecting Thad Young. I'm saying, look at how important he is to our team. Guess what? Thad Young's numbers this season, the way that he has played, he has boosted his trade value. I'm sure that teams around the league are noticing just how efficient Thad Young is this season. How well he plays defense. How well he can score from interior levels, mid-range levels, and at times even knock down the occasional three and stretch the floor. He is a useful Swiss Army Knife player who is a well-respected locker room veteran anywhere he's been in all of his 14 years in the league. And there are some some playoff-bound teams trying to add that one or two last pieces to feel good about a run deep through the playoffs that are probably going to be calling the Bulls and inquiring about Thad's availability. And if I'm AK and Eversley, I'm listening pretty intently to those offers. And I am thinking big picture, and I am thinking down the road, and I am thinking 2021 draft night when I am listening to those offers for Thad Young. So there we are. Those are essentially the two schools of thought when it comes to the dilemma of what the Bulls do about Thad Young in the next month leading up to that deadline. If you have a strong opinion uh, on where you land, either side of that fence, trade Thad, don't trade Thad. Uh, or, or if you have your own school of thought as far as how the Bulls should approach the Thad Young situation, we would love to hear them. 331-979-1369 is that number. Shoot us your texts and your voicemails about the Thad Young dilemma. Okay, now that we've gotten that covered, uh, I wanted to look at one in particular trade hypothetical that we had from a few different people in our inbox uh, to wrap up today. But first, wanted to tell all of you about Built Bar. You guys know that Built Bar have been a great sponsor for us here at Locked Up Bulls and across the Locked Up Podcast Network for the better part of a year now. Um, and, and they just keep creating amazing products. Most recently, that coconut brownie chunk flavored Built Bar that I was telling you about last week. That's one of a handful of new flavors that they've got that you should check out, including cookies and cream, caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, and apple almond crisp. Plus, you got some of the OG flavors, some of my favorites, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Built Bars are covered in 100% pure chocolate. They are soft and they're easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious sports fans out there. Lose some weight or maintain your weight while indulging in these delicious treats. The Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, 
and high in fiber. Take, for example, that peanut butter built bar that comes jam-packed with 19 whole grams of protein, but only 180 total calories, only five grams of sugar and just five grams of net carbs. Right now, if our Locked On Bulls listeners go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, so last item on the agenda today, um, a couple of people texting in about one Blake Griffin. Um, pretty interesting stuff here. So uh, the 217 says, any interest in trading for Blake Griffin? Obviously, Otto would have to go, but what else? Uh, obviously talking about matching some contracts there. Um, and the plus 61477 uh, international texture, uh, Stu in Melbourne, by the way, uh, adds on to that hypothetical uh, of the previous texture saying, what do you think if the Bulls trade Otto Porter Jr. and Lowry for Detroit's pick in 2021 if it lands 1-14 to and Blake Griffin? Firstly, I think that pick could be a great pick. Uh, secondly, I really believe in Donovan's ability to put players in a position to succeed. I think he could rehab Blake's value like he did with CP3 to where it is a tradable contract in the offseason, similar to what OKC did, but when they get a haul, uh, similar to what OKC did when they got a haul from the Suns. What do you think? Okay, so a couple of people texting in about Blake Griffin. We obviously got news. I want to say over the weekend or maybe earlier this week that Blake Griffin and the Suns have basically come to a mutual understanding and agreement that he will be put on the shelf while they work to orchestrate a trade out of Detroit. Um, obviously, it was a shock to a lot of people, Blake included, when the Clippers traded him away uh, just a season after signing him to that max deal and convinced him to stay with the pitch about you know Blake Griffin and the banners at the Staples Center and all that stuff and and it's crazy to think that I it doesn't seem like that was all that long ago and now here we are Blake Griffin has been a piston for the past few seasons some good some bad some injuries some healthy and and he is now ready to move on it looks like the pistons are heading for a rebuild as they have already also shipped off our old friend Derek Rose to the New York Knicks so Am I interested in Blake Griffin? Do I think the Bulls should be interested in Blake Griffin? And what would it cost to get him? First of all, uh, no offense, Stu, in Melbourne, but I think that your fairyland idea of the Bulls giving Otto and Lowry to Detroit and the Pistons send the Bulls a pick and Blake Griffin is, uh, well, exactly that. It's a fairy tale trade. Um Yes, Blake Griffin has been a, you know, an injury plagued player throughout his years in the NBA. And yes, he's getting up there 31 going on 32. But he's still Blake Griffin. That name still commands respect. Um, and whereas Otto Porter Jr. were at some point in time, even as recently as the start of this season, looked to be a very tradable asset not only as a quality 3 and D player, but one on a gigantic expiring contract and expiring contracts being an asset in and of themselves because of the way that the NBA salary cap operates these days is less true right now in mid-February than it was even back in December. Here's why. Otto is a 27-year-old in number only. Apparently, 
much to my frustration, as you heard me yelling at Jordan about if Otto's healthy, he should play in the, the weeks leading up to this season, has not been healthy and is on the shelf. And apparently the last time he even tried to get shots up before a practice, during a practice, after a practice, couldn't get several shots up because his back spasms were flaring up so significantly that he, that he couldn't even shoot. That doesn't sound like a 27-year-old. That also doesn't sound like a piece that players uh, or, or or teams, rather, are going to be scraping after, insisting to get in a trade package. Even not the player Otto Porter Jr., but the contract Otto Porter Jr. is less valuable now than it was, say, four or five months ago, before the 2020 offseason, delayed as it were, because guess what? The 2021 free agency class that was once star-studded, MVP candidates, MVP winners, all-stars, multi-time all-stars, has now been whittled down through contact ex- contract extensions, trades and extensions, et cetera, et cetera. So the amount of teams across the league who are going to be motivated so aggressively by clearing cap space off their books for the 2021 offseason, the 2021 free agent class is significantly lesser right now than it was four or five months ago. Why are teams going to be rushing to clear cap space off their books if there are no players available to spend said cap space on? For that reason, Otto Porter Jr. and his contract, much less valuable right now than it used to be. And that is because of no players available for said cap space this upcoming summer slash fall and the fact that Otto is a ghost missing from the Bulls rotation because he's 27-year-old and has the back of a 57-year-old. So that right there is how I feel about that particular piece of this hypothetical trade and just trading Otto in general leading up to this deadline. Then Lowry is the other name included in Stu's hypothetical to get Blake away from the Pistons. The guy who is a restricted free agent, impending restricted free agent, the guy who has been up and down consistently inconsistent once again this season, showing some signs of aggression, a couple of 30-point games here and there, knocking down some threes at a better rate than he was last season, has somewhat rediscovered himself, but not quite all the way, still looks like a pretty soft player, still looks like somebody you can't play at the five defensively, or at least not for too many minutes and get away with it. Somebody who hasn't really improved at all on the defensive end. Somebody who theoretically, according to several reports, from his representatives is looking for the neighborhood of $20 million annually on a new contract this summer. That guy? Maybe maybe the Pistons are one of several teams across the league who feel all he needs is the right system and the right coach and the right teammates, and we can't take that Lowry, who was a first-team all-rookie guy who you know exploded people's eyes as a rookie, and then as a second-year player averaged 18 and 9 looking like he was on his way to being a 20 and 10 player in the NBA. They still see that player in there somewhere and they are willing to take the risk to get that player in a trade and sign him to a new contract. 
I still think that that is entirely possible. That plenty of teams out there see Lowry as a gem that just has a little bit of dust on him. That needs a little bit of dusting and a little bit of reshaping. But it's a harder sell right now, isn't it? Given the ups and downs of his career. Given the fact that once again, he is on the shelf nursing an injury right now. A player, perhaps much like Wendell Carter Jr., his teammate, who is developing, unfortunately, the label of injury-prone through the years of his rookie contract. Is that a piece? The teams are, you know, hurriedly picking up their phones to come get? I don't think so. So, in this hypothetical where the Bulls are offering up Otto and Lowry in a trade with the Pistons to get Blake Griffin. You might be saying, well, hey, Blake Griffin has all those labels that you just used for Otto and Lowry. You know, looks older than he is, injury prone, can't stay healthy, can't stay on the court, washed up, um, you know, a bit of a risk. Sure. But he's the only one in that trio of players whose name is Blake Griffin who yes had most of his all-star seasons early in his career with the Clippers but did as recently as the 2018-19 season which was his first full season with the Pistons and his best season with the Pistons play 75 games start all 75 of those games and average 24 and a half seven and a half and five and a half now, you look at what he's done this season, and clearly he's struggling. In Blake's 20 games this season, he's averaging just 12 points, five rebounds, four assists. Not awful. Like, at least he's still giving you some nice spread uh, with his assists and rebounds, but 12 points? 12 points on, <clears throat> excuse me, 36.5% field goal percentage? Not three-point percentage. Overall field goal percentage. He's shooting... 36.5%. In the 18 games he played last season, just 18 games last season, he shot 35% from the floor. So I'm looking at what Blake Griffin has done this season and in his very short stint last season. And I'm looking at what the name Blake Griffin still carries, the weight it still carries when you're talking about trades and I'm talking about and I'm thinking about the player and the production of said player attached to that name and I'm thinking as much respect as I have for Blake Griffin I don't want the Bulls going anywhere near that I mean he's only got a player option for the 21-22 season at 38.9 million Gee, I wonder if he's going to pick that up. And then he'll be unrestricted free agent in 2022, assuming he picks up the option in this upcoming offseason of 2021. So assuming he picks up the option, you're only on the books for one more year, Blake Griffin, but it's $39 million and it's on a player that you're not really sure what he's going to give you next season. I understand that, you know, anytime a big name is thrown out there, whether it's Kevin Love or 
Andre Drummond or Blake Griffin that you always want to analyze, could this player help my team? Could this player, if the trade is right and the pieces of the trade are right, put my team in a better position today and moving forward? And man, two years ago, Blake Griffin looked like a man who was reinvented and playing at an all-star level again. And he earned himself another all-star nod, deservedly so. But that two years ago, Blake Griffin looks like a long-lost version of Blake Griffin now. So, that is the long way of saying, if I'm the Bulls, I'm not going out there and chasing Blake Griffin. I'm going to let some other team see if he has one more run in him. And I'm thinking that it would cost you more than Lowry and Otto to get Blake Griffin. That's it. Um, Don't want to go too long, so we will save uh, much more of that mailbag stuff for later in the week when Jordan and I are back on the mics together. Uh, We've got some more Ben Simmons talk in our inbox, uh, among many other interesting subjects. So, Again, reminder, hit us up on that text-to-voicemail line. 331-979-1369 is the number. About Thad Young, about hypothetical trades, anything on your mind. And uh, if you have any thoughts after Bull of Pistons tonight, give us a call, and uh, we will react to that win on tomorrow's episode. Notice how I just said we'll just react to that win. Come on. We can do it. It's the Pistons. We should win. As always, thanks for listening. As always, if you aren't already, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnBulls, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Jordan C. Malley. Thanks to our sponsors for today, CBDMD, BetOnline.ag, and BuiltBar.com. For Jordan Malley, I'm Matt Peck. See Red, be good. Peace out. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.